Hi, welcome to Your Great Story, where we chat with entrepreneurs, innovators, and leaders who live by passion and perseverance to make the future a reality. Let's be inspired by the stories as you create your great story. A very warm welcome to another episode of Your Great Story. This is the fourth episode of the Changemaker series where we feature founders who are doing good and creating positive impact in the community. And today we're happy to have Denise Tay, co-founder of Kampong Kakis, today with us. Welcome, Denise, to the show. Hello. Hi, hi. Thanks for inviting me, Eric. Awesome. I am extremely happy to have you on our show today because of a few reasons. Uh, the first reason is that you have led Kampong Kakis with your two other co-founders who are as gorgeous as you um, to grow a network of thousands of volunteers and it is from the ground up. The second reason is that I am very excited to hear your story on how you and the team started Kampong Kakis right after COVID reached our shores. To start with, we would like to have you introduce yourself so our audience can get to know you better. Thanks, Eric. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Denise Tay, and I'm one of the co-founders of Kampong Kakis together with, like Eric mentioned, my two other gorgeous co-founders, May and Michelle. So um, I'm currently working full-time at Income in the Digital Transformation Office as a growth hacker. And prior to that, I was actually completing my MBA studies um, in Chong Kong Graduate School of Business at uh, Beijing's, uh, in their Beijing campus. So I was living in China for slightly over a year uh, pre-pandemic. Nice. Cool. Um, thanks for the introduction. Um, interesting that you are doing this as a set hustle and it's very, very meaningful. Um, probably going to do a voiceover and let us know how did Kampong Kakis get started and it started during the circuit breaker period. Mm-hmm. So um, we actually founded Kampong Kakis very early on uh, during the pandemic. So this was in April of 2020. And during the circuit breaker, you know how like many of the social spaces were closed, like uh, hawker centers, coffee shops, and the void deck areas. And this resulted in uh, like a great impact to our seniors in the community because these were the social spaces that they used to socialize in with their friends. And this actually resulted in a lot of social isolation and anxiety amongst the seniors in our community. So we came up with the idea of Kampong Kakis um, so that we can try to alleviate some of these um, issues as well as alleviate loneliness in our, uh, amongst the seniors in our community and also try to mobilize the Singaporeans, um, our fellow Singaporeans as neighbors because during that period, everybody was home, right? So we were also trying to foster friendships amongst neighbors in the communities across uh, Singapore and try to reignite that kampong spirit that we used to have back in the olden days got it interesting kampong kaki so yeah. kampong days and kakis you know getting this whole body matching mm. platform with the community which is awesome idea um share with us more about exactly. the activities that you know kampong kakis does right the like what is on the ground what's happening on the ground uh, could you share with us more of that uh, arena Sure. So um, the main activity that we do at Kampong Kakis is our body matching platform. So this is where we match um, beneficiaries with a volunteer that lives close to them based on a few factors. Um, most importantly, proximity, um, their needs and other preferences such as uh, language and gender. 
So apart from this, we actually also work with a lot of other organizations on the ground, uh, be it charities, uh, ground-up initiatives, or social service organizations. So to name a few examples, we actually work with Willing Hearts, which is a charity uh, soup kitchen. So we refer our beneficiaries to them who require uh, daily hot meals. And um, another organization that we work with is also Community Communituition, which is um, founded by a few NTU students. It's a volunteering organization. So they actually offer um, online tuition to our beneficiaries with children. Um, another one is actually also another ground up initiative that we got to know of, um, Hey You Got Mail. So these, they were actually founded by a group of uh, poly student, students during the pandemic as well. And they actually write handwritten cards to elderlies and try to engage with seniors in our community. Yeah, so these are a few of the um, organizations that we work with. Lah. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So interesting. So this uh, organization's Willing Hearts, uh, Hey, We Got Mail, and, and the whole um, NTU volunteers coming together. So you're matching these organizations mm. uh, with the needy on the ground. Right to help them, right with the yes, maybe yes, it, exactly. be it tuition, uh, be it volunteering to um, provide daily meals, for example, right. I think this is a great initiative, mm. um, and it is a ground initiative. So share with us with this whole ground initiative, right? So, um, there are there are listeners who are also wanting to start a ground initiative like you. What is your advice to somebody like mm. that who is trying to say, hey, I want to create something positive, um, in the community. Mm. I think the most important thing for us at the start was um, don't be afraid to ask for help and share the ideas that you have because everyone out there is, is very supportive and once they hear your story, they'll be very willing to lend a helping hand. Like Apart from um, Michelle, I think me and I had almost zero to, no, to little experience in the volunteering space. So we, we needed a lot of, of guidance in navigating the ground up and volunteering space in Singapore. And when we reached out to other community organizations that were also started from the ground up, they were very willing to um, lend a listening ear and share some words of advice with us on, on who to reach out to and also connect to us with other partners. Yeah, so that was really, really important to us. I think another thing is also to not be afraid to make mistakes because um, we actually had a lot of plans and to launch uh, various initiatives, but uh, many of them didn't work out in the end. I think the most important thing is to learn from your experiences and then reflect on them and then move on and try to not make the same mistakes in the future. Fantastic, fantastic. So don't be shy to ask for help. Um, don't be afraid to make mistakes, right? And always remember why um, mm. you started this meaningful initiative yes, in the first place, definitely. right? I think that's, that's important. Um, share with us, mm. because you, you mentioned about May, uh, Michelle, and yourself. Share, share with us, you know, of this team, right? Of these co-founders, this team of gorgeous ladies, right? How do you find each other? How do you guys, you know, how do you folks like match each other up and, and form this uh, initiative together? Sure. So um, May actually came up with the idea of the body matching platform while she was recovering from COVID in the hospital. And at the time, she I remember that she jotted down her idea on a piece of paper and she took a picture of it and uploaded it onto a text Slack channel that both uh, she and I were a part of. And when I came across her post, I was I got really excited and, and I've known her for close to a decade at that time. So I immediately reached out to her and I told her I was very interested in starting Kampong Kakis together with her. Um, I mean, we came up with the, the name 
pretty much <laughs> on the first day that we started chatting with each other. So that was pretty simple. And because we, we've known each other for a long time, we didn't really have that much questions and we started working on launching the initiative together already. And after May, um, the was discharged from the hospital, she actually went down to her neighbourhood residence committee and that was where she met Michelle. So she actually went down to pitch her idea and she shared... Um, the idea of this body matching platform with Michelle and Michelle being her IT chairperson and, and being on the grassroots, um, in the grassroots community for a very long time already. She was very excited to join us as well. And we definitely needed her experience at the time. Um, we spoke with her and then immediately on the dates that we're like, okay, let's get started. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Interesting. So, uh, I would say it's not by chance, right? They they all, all of you meet each other to to um really form this yeah. initiative. Um, maybe you can share with us the the I mean there is a whole topic of hey co-founding um initiatives or startups with friends or close friends even. So share with us your um perspectives of on that, right? Um, with co-founding with close friends or friends is does that is that something that we should uh avoid in general or is that something are there something that we need to take note of? I think it really depends on the situation, but for May and I, I think it was very complimentary also because of um, our professional work. So she has a, a lot of work experience in the product management space. So she's very much familiar with like um, tech and software as well, the operational side of things. And for myself, I used to do business development and now I'm in um, growth hacking, which is pretty much similar to marketing. So we kind of split our roles really easily um, back then when we first started. And we're still um, managing the, the various sites of the initiatives um, as of today. And for Michelle, it's also because she has been in the um, social workspace for a number of years now, she works um, as a medical social worker in Dover Park Hospice. So her experience there and also her personality and very warm and caring character definitely helps with um, leading the engagement side of the initiative. And I don't think that necessarily like you should stay away from co-founding an initiative with friends also because it, it, it gives you that rapport and that relationship to start off with already. So there isn't that kind of like icebreaker part of like trying to get to know each other for like a few months and, and we can kind of just like be cut with each other as well. So if there's anything that we, we find to we like that we don't agree with, we just tell each other. It It's that simple for communication wise. Thanks, thanks. Um, I really, something that really struck a chord in my heart is really how um, it's not about uh, really, it's not about avoiding, right? I mean, it's about really kind of complementary skills that three of you have together. Uh, it's about marketing, product mm. management, and uh, marketing communications together. I think that kind of form a good team. Um, and also having a common yeah. common values, any common values coming together, right? To really push this, push this mm. initiative forward because it takes a lot of effort uh, as well. And uh, speaking of the journey and the effort of the team, right? Um, that to create this positive impact uh, via Kampong Kakis, um, share a memory that you have, right, in this whole journey that is close to your heart um, in this whole journey of this whole ground initiative that you are helping the needy. Mm. Mm. Sure. I actually have a story that's really close to my heart and this was a beneficiary, a kaki, that was referred to us um, very early on during the pandemic. So um, here's an elderly man called uh, Mr. Voon. 
and he was actually referred to us by his daughter who um, is living in the United States. And during that time, it was at, nearing the start of the circuit breaker period, uh, a few months in, and then um, she reached out to us to look for a volunteer to be matched with her father to help him set up a secondhand iPad that she got for him and try to teach him how to use um, Zoom or other video calling softwares to to connect with um, her family in the United States um, digitally every week. And um, back then, because we only started the initiative um, for a few weeks to a month, so we didn't really have a, a very sizable base of volunteers across the island yet. And um, I actually had to go down to help him out because I was one of the closest um, in proximity to Mr. Voon. So I went down to his house and I taught him how to use um, the, the set up the iPad and taught him, taught him how to use Zoom to make video calls. Um, and then uh, a few weeks later, we actually managed to match him with a few volunteers in the vicinity. So these volunteers actually regularly went to check up on him to see how he's doing and were always there to guide him if he had questions on, on how to navigate like uh, the iPad and Zoom. Lah. So um, they also went out of their way to actually buy him gifts and food during um, special occasions like uh, Father's Day and also for his birthday. And these were all out of their own pockets. So Kampung Kakis didn't actually tell them that, like, please go and do this. And I, I think that was really generous and kind of them to do so because they've already formed that, that friendship and relationship with Mr. Boon. And unfortunately, Mr. Boon passed away early 2021. And um, his daughter was very, very grateful to Kampung Kakis and our volunteers for, for helping his, her father to connect with a family who was not able to come back to visit him virtually, but still be able to feel that warmth of family during his final days. Wow. Thanks for sharing the story of uh, Mr. Woon. Um, I think what you guys are doing really is Kampong spirit, right? As a community, um, helping, you know, the daughter is abroad, abroad and, and you're really helping him set up this iPad so that he can connect with his yeah. daughter. Imagine we don't have this network to help. I think that would be um, really sad. I think it's really sad, right? That he really can't can't connect yeah. with, with, with his daughter abroad, right? So I think the impact mm. you guys are making is really a ripple effect, right? I think like across borders as well, and also volunteers thinking of other ways to help the needy on the ground. Uh, thank you for that. I think that is really the mm. passion that uh, I can see from you. Um, speak of the landscape, right? Today in the volunteering landscape, right? Uh, what are the challenges you are seeing today? Mm. I think from what we observed um, since the pandemic started, uh, we see firstly a, a lot of our medical healthcare workers and social workers being stretched during the pandemic and also because it's been prolonging, it doesn't seem to have uh, to be coming to an end very soon and we hope that our Kampong Kakis can be an extended um, eyes and ears on the ground for them to to regularly check in on their um, khakis in need, right? So that it, it helps to relieve some sort of stresses for the, the social workers. And another thing is also on um, the side of digitization, because um, a lot of services now are moving or have moved online, definitely accelerated due to um, the pandemic. And a lot of our khakis that are um, elderlies or seniors, they're being left behind because they are less tech savvy. They don't know how to navigate 
um, the, the digital world. And it's very, very complicated for somebody who's like totally new at this, right? And I think the government is already doing a really great job um, at, at trying to um, have tools and, and guidance and resources for the elderly. But um, I think it's, it's really important for us to ensure that our pioneer generation doesn't get left behind. And even at Kampong Kakis, we're hoping to launch a, an initiative called Digital Kakis, where we can match volunteers with like seniors who need help in, in guiding through uh, their dig digital journey. Yeah. And, and the last thing that I like to note is um, on the topic of mental health. I think we've also heard a lot of and seen a lot of uh, cases of suicides um, going up especially in the last two years, an increase in reported cases of mental health issues like depression. And I think this is a topic that, even though it's been gaining more traction and a lot more people are talking about it, um, it's still very important for us to, to try to find preventative measures before um, the issue gets any worse. So hopefully with Kampong Kakis, our volunteers can form that kind of friendship and relationship with their Kakis in need with and, and make friends um, in their community so that we can act as sort of like a, a preventative barrier before the situation gets worse. Mm, yeah. Um, awesome mm. pointers, I think. Uh, something, a fun fact is uh, my wife is a, is a nurse and, and uh, at, at near NCID in Tatok Singh and she just posted to NCID just last week because mm. the cases just went out, right? Um, this last week, right? Or this week, right? Oh, so, yeah. um, it's crazy. Yeah, I, I could imagine how Kampong Kakis could help, you know, like, you know, uh, where, where, where because he, she sends patients to home and she needs, maybe she's alone or he, patients alone and Kampong Kakis can help to kind of match these mm. volunteers to help to jaga, right? Okay. Or help to um, assist yeah. and send food uh, to the elderly or the needy, right? Um, great. Sounds like there's some synergy here. Um, speaking of the pandemic, right? So how has COVID-19 changed the way um, Kampong Kakis operate in this uh, one, one to two years or even two and a half years, right? Yeah. Mm -mm. I think for us, it, it hasn't really change the way that we operate because a lot of the operational work that we do on the back end is online and uh, we can connect with our volunteers virtually. Um, but definitely at the start of our, our initiative, because our main um, target audience are our beneficiaries that we were trying to reach out to are uh, the less tech savvy. So we initially had plans to um, go door to door to distribute flyers to raise awareness of Kampong Kaki's um, and the body matching platform. But of course, due to Circuit Breaker that started like four days before we launched the initiative, we were not able to do so. So we had to pivot our outreach strategy and we started working with a lot of um, other organizations like uh, social service organizations, um, voluntary welfare organizations and family service centers on the ground um, to try to match their beneficiaries with uh, a neighbor volunteer instead. Yeah. We, we we did um, end up doing a few door-to-door -door distributions, but we also realized that that was um, probably not as feasible. So so we had to pivot our strategy in that sense. Um, and also another thing is that because COVID restrictions keep changing, right? So even though we had a few plans to do like mass distribution of goodie bags, there were a lot of times that our plans got derailed because, oh, this week we have um, opened up 
maybe groups of eight can meet up. And then the next week, oh, only groups of two can meet up. So we, we weren't able to execute a lot of our plans. Um, we had to be very agile with the way that we, we worked. And also another thing is that we actually haven't met a lot of our volunteers on the back end in person. So <laughs> hopefully we can do that soon. We tried to organize a few like uh, meetups or happy hour sessions with the volunteers, but things keep changing here and there. So yeah, hopefully soon we get to meet our volunteers. That's true. Soon. Huh? I, think, I think connecting with the people on the ground is important, right? You know, because they are, <laughs> they are the other people who are really exactly. creating the impact. You know, I think for you and the team is really creating the yeah. system for that to happen, right? But they are the ones really sending the food on the ground or really accompanying the um, the, the needy or the elderly on the ground, right? Um, cool. Mm. Uh, so it's interesting in the past um, 20 minutes, right? Actually, you have you have shared with me more than 20 things that you are doing. <laughs> so many things, right? There's even like this digital ducky <laughs> that's coming up. Uh, thanks for sharing your roadmap, by the way. Um, but but you, this is your yeah. this is not a full time job. You have a full time job, right? Uh, which is in income. Share with us how do you manage your time, mm. right? With your full time um job and and your side hustle, which is definitely very interesting. So how do you manage this this two uh in your life? Sure, I I think uh for me i i can I, I won't be able to speak for my other two co-founders um we we try to use any spare time that we have and um, work on kambong kakis so we the three of us actually have weekly um catch up sessions and this will be like around 9 p.m at night lah. so we we take about an hour um out of our evenings every week to to catch up with each other on the different is- initiatives that we're running and then we also have regular catch-up sessions with our various operational uh, volunteers so me on the tech and ops side michelle on the engagement team and then for me on marcom so we usually do bi-weekly meetings so that we can keep um, up to date with each other on all the the various tasks and um, uh, goals that we are trying to achieve yeah, so so we do spend maybe about like um three to four hours every week outside of our work to to work on kampong kakis and on the weekends we try to also if if we have time we try to meet with each other so that like we get some time to relax <laughs> together and not just work on kampong kakis all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So that that that's something that I I would encourage <laughs> la, the people to do also. So it's like a girls' night out, you know, like. <laughs> Just to chill out and to relax, some, you know. I mean, amidst the whole, yeah, yeah many things in life, right? It's time to just relax and to chill, you know, on a weekend night or something. You know, I think yeah. you see within five packs, three packs is you know less than five, so it's all good. <laughs> um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> cool. Um, uh, and and probably from a from a um application perspective or from a uh, experience perspective, how how does this Side project, mm. right? Side initiative help with your main role, or how how does the main role as a growth growth hacker helps with um your role in Kamokakis? Mm. Yeah, so it it actually taught me a lot. So, um, I actually started the initiative before I joined the income. So, um. My role in Kampung Kaks leading the Marcoms team and also driving um our volunteer growth and acquisition. I think has taught me a lot and a lot of the volunteers that we got on board so far are either through word of mouth or through the partners that we work with. I think it's really important to find um, 
uh, good partners that are aligned with your vision and mission and your goals as an organization. And they are kind of like your, your sponsors in that way, right? So whenever other people um, reach out to them on, on certain initiatives or, or resources that they need, they will immediately think of you, your platform, and, and, and suggest you to them. I think that, that's really important. And also on the side of um, volunteer retention, so after acquisition, there's always an issue of how do you continuously engage with them and retain the volunteers. This is also very similar to what I see in my role as a growth hacker. So um, I work on user acquisition, user engagement and retention, and also working with our various partners, right? So I think all of these are all interconnected. So it, it's very much transferable skills. It's definitely very important to create a good user experience and, and engage with your um, customers or, or users at all touch points. Nice, nice. Interesting. So um, very cool. I mean, you, you're actually using the skills that are transferable to really make social impact um, in Kamgakis as well as probably in also in uh, Snack as well, right? Uh, just to share some initiatives mm. that, that you, you are working on in uh, income as well that has a social good uh, element. Mm. Sure. So I, I'm very grateful actually to have had the opportunity to work on this initiative with um, in my role at Snack. Um, it's called Snack Good. So basically we work with social enterprises um, and any enterprises that are doing social good um, on our feature called Snack Up. So this is where um, we actually offer rewards in terms of free coverage to users of um, our partners. So we try to engage with um, social enterprises through RACE, the, the Center for Social Enterprises in Singapore, and we onboard them as snack up merchants. And then we help them to spread awareness of what they're doing. And we actually also have a special um, web page for our social enterprise partners and, and organizations that are doing good called um, Snack Good. So this is where we feature all of the brands and what they do and and sh basically spread the word of, of all the good stuff that do, they're doing on the ground. Cool. Um, we're going to give the opportunity to help to share that good as, as well. Maybe we can um, just call out a few social enterprises that you, you feel that, hey, you know, they're really doing some meaningful stuff and uh, people on the ground could help as well. Definitely. Um, one of the biggest names, I think you've also spoke with the co-founder, uh, pretty recently, Box Green. So we are working with them on our Snack Good initiative. Um, another one is uh, Swappaholic. So I'm not sure if you heard of them before, but they're basically a sustainable fashion brand where they encourage people to donate, uh, put in their old secondhand clothes, and then um, from there they earn credits, and then they can use those credits to purchase um, other people's secondhand clothing. So it tries to reduce waste in, in, in uh, this fast fashion society. And another one is also Innovate Fitness. So they're actually a gym, a fitness center in Singapore. They have a few outlets um, island-wide, and they actually work with... Um, uh, mentally disabled or, or less physically uh, abled people to to design different types of fitness programs that caters to their needs. So I think that's really nice, um, all of the work that they're doing on the ground. Wow. Your life is, is kind of revolved around doing social good, I think, right? Because you're doing this awesome stuff in income and your side project or side initiative, side hustle, you're doing 
um, common cookies, which is definitely uh, in two years have grown to thousands of volunteers, right? How can we contribute, right? How can we get involved in this meaningful initiative you're working on in Kamokakis? Thank you so much for spreading the word, firstly. And uh, if you guys would like to sign up as a volunteer, you can just visit our website at kampongkaki.org. Um, and if you want to spread the word with your friends and family to get them to sign up as well, please do so. Um, we, we are always looking for new volunteers to join us and, and so that we can have a, a good volunteer base to match our beneficiaries better across the island. Um, another thing that you can do is if you are interested in joining us on the backend operations team, you can just reach out to us at uh, kampongkakis at gmail.com and let us know um, which roles that you would like to be a part of. Um, we have a list of roles that are open on the website as well, so you can go and check it out there. And if you are coming from an organization or a company um, and you would like to volunteer your time at, with us at Kampong Kakis, you can also reach out to us. We are always on the lookout for sponsors and donors um, to share some, spread some festive cheer and share gifts with our Kakis on the ground. Wow, that's a good spread of, uh, you know, opportunities for everybody to get involved, for volunteers, you know, for people <laughs> who are looking to join the ops team, uh, and even for sponsors and donors or organizations to be involved in this initiative that you are working on in Kampung Kakis. Uh, we are wrapping up um, for the first segment, the, the main segment. So thank you for your time, Denise, for your answering these questions to really talk about your passion in Kampong Kakis. Um, any last advice, any last um, key takeaway for the listeners um, in, in terms of running a ground initiative uh, like Kampong Kakis? I think if you have an idea, the, the most important thing is to just take the first step because you never know what might happen. I mean, when when uh, the three of us first started the initiative, we didn't um, imagine how much it would have grown to where it is today. So I think there's always people out there that are willing to help you. So don't be afraid to take the first step. Awesome. Thanks for that advice. Don't be afraid to take the first step. Uh, definitely 100% agree with that. Cool. Thank you for your um, advice and thank you for your um, answers for these questions. Cool. Um, let's move to the second segment, right? Which is the fun segment. It's called the um, good <laughs> vibes questions. So this is actually from Block Screen, which is one of the social enterprises that you uh, mentioned just now. So this is a good cool. vibes deck. Um, so oh, cool. Yeah. So so actually, this is really to to connect people, right? Um, and I did this with um, Walter just a few episodes ago to really have this interesting question because I don't know all the questions in this deck, right? So uh, how I'm going to do this is uh, you're going to give me three numbers, your favorite three numbers. Um, and I'm gonna, we're going to have three questions only, right? Really simple, not 10, not five, only three questions. Um, and I'm going to shuffle, right? Okay. Um, and you tell me three numbers and I'll, I'll count the cards from the top. And then, I mean, one to maybe 20. Okay. Yeah. Oops. Seven. Okay. 11. Okay. And. Hmm. 8. Okay. 7, 8, and 11. Okay. So I'm going to do 7, 11. Yeah, 7, 8, and 11. 3, 4, 5, 6. Okay. 7, 8, 9, 10, and 11. Okay. I have three questions in front of me. Okay. So the first one is. Okay. <laughs> it's. What superpower do you wish you had and why? I thought about this a lot before, actually. 
I I kind of have like two answers. <laughs> oh why? Okay. <laughs> because uh, a child. <laughs> two superpowers is fine. A, yeah, a childhood. Two too too many. Um, but yeah, uh, the first one is one that I've always wanted as a child, which is invisibility. <laughs> mm. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I think that also came after watching Harry Potter. So <laughs> I wanted to be able to get around without being seen. Um, but yeah, so that that was one that I brought with me from when I was uh, a kid. Um, now I I want to be able to kind of understand like what people's thoughts are you know like I don't really want to hear every everything that <laughs> everything that you're thinking of what if you're saying like bad things about me in your head <laughs> but <laughs> but I think it'd be really cool to to understand like a lot of times people don't share with you what they are really thinking of and and I think that would be really good to be able to understand like and empathize with others just just yeah being able to to hear their thoughts maybe part of it not everything mm. <laughs> yeah yeah cool invisibility yeah. and uh psychic power uh, can i call it right can reading your mind psychic power yeah, reading okay. your mind yeah, uh, getting you know that um so that's cut number seven right question number seven now on to eight is okay what is the one thing that you would change about yourself Confidence, self confidence. Mm. Okay, <laughs> tell us more about that. I I've had yeah I've had a lot of trouble with that growing up. Um, I yeah I had a lot of like self doubts and and concerns with how other people think about me. I think definitely that has um reduced over time as I, I over the years, right? But it, it's something that I'm still working on. And I hope that with more experience and, and time as well, that I will be able to back myself up more. Hmm. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for opening up. I think uh, a realization is that we are all in progress. We are all work in progress. Mm. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Cool. Last question, which the 11 is, um, if you could only eat one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Wow, wow, this is tough. Mm, I would always fall back on Japanese food. Mm. So something in that realm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's healthy and it tastes good. Sashimi wouldn't be a good choice because it's raw. Yeah, sashimi for life is <laughs> like... What if I get bacterial... In... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, maybe sashimi... What if I get bacterial infection? <laughs> maybe sashimi with rice, that dish, I don't that called, right? That sashimi on a rice thing. Hmm, I'm going to choose chicken katsudon with a side salad. <laughs> I like that. I think I think that's a great choice with some uh, calories, with some uh, carbo as well, right? And then a bit of vegetable at the side, which is a side salad, which yes. is great. Very balanced. That's a good choice uh, <laughs> that you could eat that for the rest of your life. <laughs> cool. Those are the three questions. Um, I think that is a wrap. Thank you so much, Denise, for being open to share uh, your great story, right? Really that passion that drives you to run a couple cafes with your two gorgeous uh, two other gorgeous ladies right and this passion to help others uh, in the community um, so continue to do that and then continue to drive forward uh, this passion and to uh, make social impact in the community yeah 
Thank you so much for having me, Eric. Awesome, awesome. Thank you, Tony, for your time. Thank you.